Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Cam, joined by my regular co-host, Mister uh, Mister Ben Errington. And today we have a couple of very special guest hosts from the My Turn podcast. We've got uh, a Gem Carmella. Hey, Gem. Hi. I, li- I like. I'm a Gem Carmella. <laughs> you are a Gem Carmella. <laughs> <laughs> and well, a the- Tim McAvoy. Thank you. I am indeed a Tim McAvoy. There's one other. He's, um, I think, now a retired lawyer living in New Zealand. But I'm not that one. I'm the other one. Yeah, we didn't want on that one on the show. <laughs> no. Yeah. How's it going? You guys okay? Yeah, very well, thank you. We are um, slightly emotional for the experience mm. of being able to be in the same room indoors together for the first time in a very long time as of today. Yeah, because this is this is now the first day of uh, lockdown relaxing to the point where we are allowed in the same space. It's wonderful. I can smell it's, you. It's touching. It's literally touching. <laughs> you have touched me. You've touched me. I mean, I'm already over it, so stop. Sorry, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, yeah, this is amazing, really. I don't think I've seen any one other than my fiancé, my mum and dad, and that's it for ages. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's been a weird one, hasn't it? It's like um, you kind of forget what other people are after a while. You're yeah. like, oh, you're just a flat two-dimensional thing on a screen. What? You're three-dimensional? <laughs> <laughs> what? Your face has depth. What? <laughs> Got a minute? <laughs> yeah. I'm four-dimensional. I move in time and space. Oh, wow. That's true. <laughs> That's I'm literally ageing as we speak. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you guys drinking? I can see some mm. sort of cidery yeah. liquids. So, I tried to go slightly to theme. Yeah. So I'm currently drinking a blood orange IPA. Oh. Blood. That's blood. It's for like Mars. Mars yeah, colored blood. The closest yeah. thing I could get to intense action was uh, chili stout. Oh. So, yeah, we'll go, we're going for a bit of intensity with our, with our drinking. <laughs> I've just got a coffee. I feel like we should have and I, some sort of and I've just got And I've just got a cup of tea. I feel like just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just late to the party, always turning up without a drink. What an idiot. 
feel like this is going to be a podcast of two halves here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, possibly, maybe. Uh, yeah. So we're doing a kind of, um, I don't know what you call it, a, pod, a podcast swap sort of thing where we're going to be on your podcasts later on in the week. Uh, yeah. The My Turn Party, we're going to be talking about specifically Resident Evil, I think, right? Yeah, we're going to be, uh, when you join us on My Turn Podcast, we're going to be discussing Resident Evil Village, because uh, we're a gaming podcast. We're going to be talking about the game, a bit about the franchise, and a bit about the world of the new game. So it's going to be pretty fun. Resident yeah. Evil is, uh, I think, Ben, I speak for you, is your favourite thing in the world, right? Pretty yeah, much. I'd say so. My favourite thing in the world, if I was going to rank everything, you know, Resident Evil, probably, maybe, like, Cheese, yeah. slightly ahead of that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then, uh, well, I've got to say my daughter, haven't I? Because, you know, otherwise, yeah. yeah. But then, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, mu- that's pretty much the ranking. And either of those things are interchangeable at any given day of the week. So, yeah, I'm really, in- I've been enjoying the game. I have finished it. But uh, has anybody else finished it here? Or is it just no, like I'm so nearly no spoilers. Like I'm not going to be hitting, hitting anyone with spoilers. I'm not about that life. But uh, no, yeah, good. that's good. So, it's uh, good. It's good fun. I love it. I'm, really know, I, I'm pretty far through, but um, yeah, I think I think I'll probably finish it tomorrow. So yeah, it's one of those games are. that you feel like you need to persevere with and make progress with every day. Because if I yeah. left it for, I feel like I would. I feel like I would have seen a spoiler if I hadn't completed it already. So yeah, I think it's weird that I feel like this is the first game for a while that everyone feels like they're playing at the same time um because there's been a big few releases over lockdown or apart from maybe like animal crossing everyone seems yeah. to be playing that. that was like a whole year ago though like i, I remember know, isn't it mad <laughs> animal and crossing and doom eternal that for, I, I think I've, I've gone over 200 hours on that oh wow like i played so good. much animal Great. crossing <laughs> what's, what's your village called uh benny dorm his name and i drew a stupid picture of him for the flag so that's <laughs> great sounds great well yeah because animal crossing and doom eternal came out on the same day like about a month into lockdown yeah so you either went one way or you went the other didn't you and that kind of shaped how your lockdown ended up being but i think most people went for animal crossing yeah i kind of um I, I was quite ill actually over that period. So it was really nice because it's quite a nice kind of game to kind of convalesce to. And, um, but my partner was playing Doom Eternal. So I watched the entire game of Doom Eternal, oh. um, which maybe, maybe we'll chat a bit about that later. But um, yeah. it's a really, it's actually a really fun game to be a spectator to, I thought as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was mostly playing Animal Crossing while he was smashing through that. We talked about this on, on previous episodes of the podcast there when we first went into lockdown and most people were playing Animal Crossing. I went the other way. I went deeply into games that were all about plague. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Back-to-back <laughs> games that were centred around plagues. And I was like, I'm going to immerse myself in various historical plagues and just see how it went. Oh, like real plagues, yeah. not like see zombie plagues. I started with ancient Greece. I went forward to uh, the Black Plague in France and then Britain. And then just I kept going through all the plagues until I got to modern day. And I thought, by the time I get there, it might be over. There might be a game about COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure there is a game about COVID in there. I've definitely seen like some sort of mobile game advertised. I'm waiting for pandemic COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Well, uh, however, you got to deal with lockdown, I guess, if you want to immerse yourself in plagues and stuff. That's all good. None of those games where you've got to like make a plague kill the whole human race, right? Not games like that. No, no. In all of mine, I was trying to survive against the plague. Although often what was interesting is it wasn't so much the disease itself that was your enemy. It was the people wielding political power at the time that weren't necessarily protecting you from the plague. Too real, man. <laughs> Too real. Too real. Yeah. Well, I was playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> I caught a fish. About how I caught these things fish. History, but, uh... <laughs> so I lived in a digital doll's house for about three months. <laughs> to be fair, I think that's the best way to do it. Bury your head in the sand. That's the kind of thing I do. What's happening? Turn that news off. Get Animal Crossing on right now. Where's that? What's his name? Nook, dude. Little Tom, Nook. Tom, Tom Nook. Tom Nook. <laughs> little twats. Oh, yeah. Uh, He's like, he was like a capitalist dictator, though. You did realise after a while mm. that everything he did was very much like buy into my capitalist ideal mm. islander. <laughs> yes. I've actually played Animal Crossing. I've, only, I've seen a lot of it, but I don't I was, really understand what it is. What, what are the animals? It's literally literally a digital doll's house. That's the best way of describing it. So, so like, have you ever played Sims? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a a kind of a similar concept, but more is more savory. So, like, it's very sweet. Kids can play it. You know, it's 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 all about sort of love and friendship, and but also it gives you a little bit of freedom to design your own utopia, basically, um, with nature and plants and. It's just really sweet. It's adorable. And it was a lovely place to exist in. <laughs> like, it really was. How and do you I, rate it against Resident Evil? Which is well, also quite you. lovely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, it's so different. It's chalk and cheese. Like, yeah. I just think they, they serve different cheese. functions, don't they? <laughs> like, you yeah. need both chalk and cheese in your life, unless mm. you're a vegan. Do I need chalk? Do I need chalk? Yeah, right. <laughs> I was just asking myself, do I need it? I use chalk to label the um, uh, the Kilner jars I have up there that well, have all my dried beans on. So I do need chalk. Otherwise, if you I, drink too much. I wouldn't know my basically... pinto from my cannellini, and that's chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for chalk. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're so different. I feel like games are so different to a lot of other media, aren't they, in that it's so immersive but it's using different parts of your brain and they definitely use different parts of your brain. So it's really hard to hold them against each other. Mm. Tell us a little bit about the My Turn podcast then. How long you guys been podcasting for and what's the general consensus going into an episode? Uh, So My Turn podcast originally started with myself and my two brothers from the same mother, Bill N and Erin. And... (laughs) (laughs) And father, to clarify. <laughs> yeah, that's, he had something to do with it. That's fair, that's fair. So um, we, uh, we, we, it came out of a really sad time. Like, we had a really sad year where we lost a lot of family members in one year. Mm. And I was like, bro, like I've always really got on with my brothers and I include him with that as well. Like, we're all really close. And um, I was just like, I just want to do something that spends more time with you guys. And we're all games obsessed, all of us. And so we were like, let's just start a gaming podcast. And originally we were like, well, we'll do one new game, one old game. 
and then like something else so we thought we'd do three games every episode and chuck it out once a month but that got a bit crazy because <laughs> we realized that like we weren't buying the newest games and then it kind of became more about not doing what other gaming podcasts do which is review games as they come out because mm-hmm. a lot of gaming podcasts we found like as games fans especially computer games podcasts they're reviewing games like months before you can even get hold of them and we were like no we're not about that we just want to tell people what's good what's not like what's fun what's not fun who we'd recommend it to so we're a lot more kind of relaxed about games reviews it's a bit more like we're games reviewing for people who just love have a passion for games rather than the games industry um and it's also all games so we've reviewed street games we've reviewed escape rooms um we've reviewed loads of board games and card games so it's just games it's just the love play and the love of competition (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's the never-ending uh mission to find fun (laughs) oh in all its forms i've missed a few episodes now and i really really like it i you are right it's got like a casual kind of chat between siblings about games It, it 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 really is good and speaking of escape rooms there's an amazing one in nottingham it's like a horror themed one there's like an actual serial killer who sneaks. It's very Resident oh, Evil. An actual serial killer. He's an actual serial an killer. Actual I don't know how he got him. Killer. Well, he says he is. <laughs> you got to trust him. Going to go and down he... for for seventy years, or you could just work in this escape room for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I'll get involved in that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Lovely. What was it? Yeah. That one you you got us, me and a couple of our other close friends. You bought us a. Yeah, we were we went to trapped in a room oh, with no. a zombie. Um, which was an escape room, like a standard escape room experience, except that there was a cupboard in the corner which opened after a couple of minutes and there was a zombie inside of it on a chain. And the chain got longer every couple of minutes so that he could get further out into the room. If he caught you, you were like out. You had to go and stand in the corner and you could observe and like, you know, advise, but you couldn't participate. And after 60 minutes, he could go around the whole room. And there was like this central pedestal so that you had to, if you wanted to get to anywhere near where the zombie was, you had to sort of chase him around this pedestal. So we got tied up in the chain to get to where you wanted to go. And it was, um, it was genuinely, uh, it's not so much that it was terrifying as it, it, really made like the base parts of your brain kick in for survival encourage your survival instincts so there was no hiding behind any facade you reacted in the way you would react if you were fighting for your life and so you know some people turned into action heroes some people turned into quivering cowards um (laughs) some people had a lot of arguments it was (laughs) like every every sort of dystopic (laughs) island island survival drama you've ever seen that gets played out over 10 weeks where people slowly lose their minds that happened in about 45 minutes (laughs) and what i hated about it was i'm i'm very like my senses i feel like i'm like very mildly synesthetic like my senses are all very interlinked so if i'm wearing sunglasses for example i can't hear it's weird. I, I can't really describe it. I know it, what but... you mean. For yeah, people but... wear masks, I can't yeah, hear them. I can't, I can't hear. I can't think. It's weird. But yeah. so this zombie, as Tim said, had a chain. And his one kind of scare tactic that he repeated for the whole thing was banging it against some other metal. I just couldn't cope. It was like brain overload. I was like, just just get me out of it. It was horrible. I hated it. And <laughs> then it was like random people. So it wasn't just our group and this other oh, group. Okay. 
were just like the woman of this other group was just shouting at me and bullying me for the the entire time I was there. So it was horrible. (laughs) Could you not ascertain how well you were doing by the reaction on the zombie's face if you were for like a certain number? You just on a code, you look in and he's like. (laughs) (laughs) He said that he was anything less than a professional actor. He gave nothing away. Wow. He was pure zombie. The the, the woman who was like our host, on the other hand, (laughs) she clearly had uh, opinions on on our performance. (laughs) Yeah. We look, we didn't survive, is the language. Oh, okay. Not make it out of that room. She's still there. We've both done more puzzly escape rooms. Haven't we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and the puzzly ones I'm fine with. Because that's, to me, that's the joy of an escape room. The scary ones. But the the scary ones, it's just too distracting. With the scary ones, I felt like before I ever did one, I was like, they're ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to quit. Like, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to be absolutely fine. I'm going to be in the zone. Don't worry about it. I did the Resident Evil experience. When Resident Evil 2 came out, it was like to celebrate the release of that. Um, and they did sort of like an escape room slash sort of like an immersive experience type thing. And I was absolutely fine until shit hit the fan. And then I was not fine. There was a bit where we went into like, it looked like a sort of parking garage, completely dark. There were sheets hanging up everywhere. And we ha- I had to get a key off of a body. And I was like, my heart started racing a little bit. As soon as that body moved, I was yeah. gone. I, th- I, think I, I think I just yelled, hey, I fucking can I just, <laughs> just sprinted out of there and it was just and then my heart was just pounding so much oh, you like, knew it. you're on the train back to Bristol <laughs> yeah. is he behind me yeah uh, interesting uh, segue last time I was in Bristol was on a zombie run have you ever done any of the zombie runs I've, I've witnessed them happening uh, well no zombie run or zombie walk because they do like a zombie walk oh, oh zombie run well, there is running believe don't me don't run <laughs> No, you you get properly chased down by zombies. Oh my god, no! And eaten. And eaten. <laughs> yeah. and eaten. It's really immersive. They're pulling out your guts, and you're like, "This is so immersive." <laughs> but they they were great. We've done a few of those. Um, did the, I did Birmingham. I think I was on Birmingham, London, and Bristol. And Bristol was the last one. I did probably like 2015 or something. I mean, it was a really long time ago now. But they're great because I've always done a lot of um, trail running. And so it's kind of like a bit of a trail run around Bristol or Birmingham or wherever. And then you get little kind of almost like arenas. They're a bit like you were saying, Ben, they'll kind of dress a, a car park or they'll dress an old building and you kind of go in and there'll be something to find or something to snatch. But it involves sprinting. And, and so you're kind of jogging around most of the course, really. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's horrible. <laughs> Sprinting after you, it was like that sounds terrifying. <laughs> That's horrific. Yeah. Did they hire like athletes as well? Because yeah, the zombies were amazing, and they they always had like a rave afterwards. And uh, the so you get the zombie. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, oh, okay. yeah. like, I wouldn't be able to calm down. Um, basically, if you get caught before you go into the rave, there'd be like a couple of makeup artists, and they quickly like do you a quick zombie makeup, and then you go in. That was part of the fun of it, really. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, but this is the, the professional zombies they had, they were all runners. They were all, you know, like really experienced runners. And then they used to dress them up as zombies. And that, that's why it was so scary, because they were really fucking fast. <laughs> See, because I feel like I can deal with shambling, scared, like walking zombies. As soon as they start running in any 
film or anything. I'm just like, that's absolutely... I'd be dead within four seconds. No, they're more like... Yeah, no way. Days later where they're fast. Mm. Yeah, they're more no. like... Exactly. Exactly. My reaction. No. Oh, what? Sorry, what's that? They're running towards. I'm just going to lie down and just take it. There's no way. I don't want to die and also be out of breath. I'm just going to die now and just be nice and relaxed, ripped apart. I don't think you'd be relaxed for long. As soon as like their breath is on you, you. They just vomit. The 28 days later ones, they just vomit blood in your mouth, don't they? Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'll, I'll go out that way. Yeah. I would definitely do the play dead approach. I'm not. I'm not running. I'm going to immediately smear myself with intestines uh, <laughs> and lie on the ground. Look, I didn't. I didn't go to university and study drama for four years to not cover myself in intestines in a zombie apocalypse. Okay, <laughs> I can play dead. I can do that. How quickly do the, 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 the sign of a zombie apocalypse do you start draping yourself in intestines? Is it within the first news report? Have you got a spare one? Yeah, immediately. As soon, as soon as someone tweets something, that's it. I don't even need it confirmed. Intestines, <laughs> go. On the face. <laughs> <laughs> green eyeliner. Yeah. Green eyeliner. They put green eyeliner on you. It's gross. It, ma- it makes you look dead. I try, I try and be fashionable with it. I'd like make some sort of scarf out of intestines. And <laughs> it around me. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've got to look good. Maybe a little clutch bag, someone's spleen, you know. Yeah. You're onto something there. You're all right. I'm going to make a note. <laughs> I mean, Lady Gaga made a career Lean out of it, bag. So oh, yeah. Meat dress. Do you little she fanny wore pack? Bag? <laughs> oh, no. <That's> <laughs> uh, a, 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 what, a literal fanny pack? Is that what you're saying? Maybe. I mean, I wasn't specifying because that therein laid the pun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry to pick apart the pun. That's uh, what I do. Yeah, just make the fun a little bit less fun. That's my job. <laughs> um, ben, have you got any horror news you wanted to you to chat about? You what? Uh, we got a couple of bits this week. Yep. Uh, so I saw there's a trailer for the Forever Purge, the final. Oh yeah. Apparently, final installment of the Purge. Oh, um, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I've never seen a Purge movie, so well, I thought I'd just throw it out there. You guys seen a Purge movie? I you have seen a Purge movie. I've seen the Purge movie. I've yeah, seen a subsequent you. Purge movie. What I love about this announcement of the Forever Purge movie is the con- the premise of it is the opposite of the premise of the Purge, which is that there's one day a year where you could do whatever you want. And then they're like, now there are no rules. You can do whatever you want on any day. And it's like, well, that's just general anarchy. That's not a perch. <laughs> Except know, this one day where you can't do anything and you've got to kind of like stop doing crazy <laughs> shit for one day. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like all out, all out anarchy and war, except for one day of peace and harmony. I think that's what they're going for. What they're what they're doing is a film about Christmas. I think where they all kind of like cross the divide and play football. And <laughs> sing oh yeah! And fight. Oh god! That's what this is. Uh, I've not actually seen the trailer. I've never seen a Purge movie. I'll push your Do you think I should watch some Purge movies? Oh, yeah, first on. First one's okay. Right, yeah. The, the second one goes a bit actiony. It's got um uh, I want to say his name is Rick or Frank. It's one of those. He's a Rick or a Frank. Uh, do you know who I mean? I know. 
action hero-y, but like kind of be. He was the bone in Captain America Winter Soldier. He was. Oh, Grillo. Oh. Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo. Rick Grillo. Yeah. yeah. It's got him in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Good. Uh, that's that. I thought I'd, I thought I'd just mentioned that. What else have we got? Uh, kind of horror, but not really. But did you see the first look at the He-Man Skeletor uh, Master of the Universe reboot revelation? Kevin Smith produced He-Man series. Uh, it's going to be on Netflix in July. Saw some nice imagery of that. Looks lovely. Very exciting. Yeah, the artwork is quite nice. Yeah, and the and the um, some yeah. of the old uh, production voice cast. Listen to this voice cast. Mark Hamill, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Kevin Conroy, Tony Todd, Henry Rollins, Lena Headey. That's from Game of Thrones, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Al- Alicia Silverstone, Justin oh, Long, wow. and Jason Mewes. We've got Jay in... <laughs> we've got Jay in He-Man. Uh, who's, who's playing Skeletor? That'd be Mark Hamill, right? Surely. He's not Skeletor's He-Man. Mark Hamill, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah There's yeah. like half the cast of Clone Wars, right? No. Some of them are off of Clone Wars, aren't they? Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think Mark's on that as well. This always seems to be something that is always rumoured to be happening, isn't it? Some sort of He-Man, uh, some sort of Master of the Universe reboot, new movie, new animated series, and f- to see it finally happening is uh, spectacular. Yeah. My I main concern got... is that his bob still needs to look fabulous. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hope they haven't destroyed the bob. If they update it in any way, I want it to have slightly more of a flick. Mm. But I don't want it to be... Like man bun. We don't want man bun. Oh, I don't no. want it to the man bun and I don't want a buzz cut. I want a nice bob. He That's all I'm really concerned fringe. about. Like I'm I feel like the fringe is important. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it looks it looks a bit more like a sorry to uh rain on your parade. <laughs> it looks like a shaggy bob. Oh, yeah, I was gonna oh. say if they're gonna go for a bob, it would be like bedhead bedhead bob. It looks like a shaggy bob, yeah. Not convinced. Um, but I Ben, ben normally tells the truth but he's, he's, <laughs> <laughs> it well. does look a bit um, it looks a bit more grown up I'd say yeah in a did way you know, did you know that the 80s animated series only aired from 1983 to 1985 yeah oh. well, you That's did know that I did know that you did know that we oh, all know it now that because i had all of it taped off the telly on vhs and then there was never any more so those vhs's just wore out because i was obsessed with him oh, you obsessed. like the master of the universe film no you didn't like the master of the universe film but i was like i don't know it's quite young i was very dumb i, I used to, yeah i mean i loved it as well but yeah i was did young you? and, um, and i did watch it gold. i watched it on- i remember going that's amazing what <laughs> you're too young for me right like, <laughs> 33 yeah you're way younger than me so so because i watched he-man when it was airing so like i was a kind of late toddler like i was probably like four or five that was what i watched i just watched he-man yeah. so when that film came out i was like this isn't he-man like what is this <laughs> yeah. it was so because that was my world like i was when i say i was obsessed i was obsessed with he-man so that film just sort of destroyed it skeletor it was... looked kind of naff who was who was it that's another it was, frank uh... isn't it frank yeah Lan- G- G- how do you say his, name? Lan- Lan- his face was too it was the, the skeleton skeleton face was too external uh, it was too protruding out well, they just couldn't get right. his real skull out <laughs> why did they make a high fantasy film like <laughs> 
that's what we wanted. Like this, this yeah. kind of came on the tail of all those amazing sort of eighties high fantasy films. Like, why were they trying to make it gritty and in the real world? Like, what are you well, doing? And they had like a cool synth. I remember it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like a weird instrument, and they kind of remember that, and they pressed it. <laughs> yeah, like a synth. Yeah. yeah, like an ocarina. But we just we yeah. kind of wanted it to be another Hawk the Slayer, but He Man. Anyway, this should be this should be good. I hope so. That Uh, and the last bit I've got here is that the new Robert Eggers movie, The Northman, uh, is getting a 2022 release date. So that's April the 8th, 2022. Uh, Yeah, sounds interesting. Uh, Really good cast: Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor Joy, Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, Willem Dafoe, and Bjork. Oh. Yes, I'm very excited. Now, Bjork oh said she was God. never going to act again after Dance okay. in the Dark. And I think we now all understand those comments a little bit better mm. than we did at the time. Um, so I'm glad she uh, managed to get over that and find something else because I'm really looking forward to what she's uh, got to offer. Mm. Especially so. if she's got some kind of musical involvement with all the Icelandic uh, Viking Scandi mm, yeah. types. So that's it. So it's an epic revenge thriller that explores how far a Viking prince will go to seek justice for his murdered father. And speaking of Vikings, I wow. believe you guys I listened to the, your episode about um, Assassin's Creed. So I know you're interested in Vikings and Northmen and, and that. Are you uh, excited about this one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm still playing um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It's an enormous game, so it's not one that everyone's going to complete in one sitting, but I am still going with it. Mostly because I think the difference for me is I'm such a history nerd that when I get to a new character or location, I will pause the game and I will go and read more about it and then I will come back to the game. I was sort of that, that's how I approach these these Assassin's Creed games. For me, they're mostly a history lesson with a bit of fighting in it. Um, so I'm still going, but I've just played uh, the, the Gloucestershire County area where which has been really fun because it's Samhain at the time when you go there which is Halloween so it's got lots of horror stuff in it um they've got their Swedes all carved out like jack-o'-lanterns you dress up as Mary Lloyd's uh, do you know what Mary Lloyd is no I don't think so Mary Lloyd is this thing from West Gloucestershire Wales where <laughs> you dress up with like the skeleton of a horse's head in a cow oh, and you yeah. go and knock on people's doors it's like the original trick or treat and they have to do sort of like word battles with you, like uh, flighting or rhyming or rap battles. And <laughs> if they win, you have to go away. But if you win, you get to go into their house and like raid their cupboards and steal food and booze and stuff. What? But you come in dressed as a skeleton. It's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, so that's that's the real version. So you get to do a little oh. bit of that, a tamed version of that in Assassin's Creed. Then you drink lots of scrumpy, get pissed, get chased by chickens, and it all ends with a great big blazing wicker man. So uh, oh, there's cool. lots of horror nerdery in uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla if you go to Gloucestershire. Did Is you play the... um, Senua's Sacrifice, Hellblade? Yes. Uh, kind of a more like Celtic lore, wasn't it? But I think it had some Viking stuff was... going on in there. Yeah, it was it was it was Hebrides, I, I yeah, think. Right. It um it was in the outer Hebrides. So yeah, there is there is Viking stuff out there as well. Yeah. Is the history in those Assassin's Creed games pretty spot on though? Is it pretty A lot a lot of it is. So when they give you the written stuff, that tends to be very accurate. 
Um, the re- the major reference points they have of who was ruling and geographically how, for example, um, you know, it wasn't England yet, but how pre-England was divided into these different kingdoms. That's all very accurate. A lot of the Viking mythology that's that they're using is coming from the Lothbrook sagas, which is sort of it's very recorded, let's say it that way, um, in Norwegian and Danish um, history. It's not necessarily based exactly on real people, but we do know there were Viking battles with, you know, King Ayla and Alfred. And then at the time that it's set, we're only we're only sort of 50 to 100 years from England being unified as a country. So the idea that all these kind of disparate versions of Anglo-Saxons and Vikings and Picts and Celts are starting to make strategic alliances to come together as one nation makes a lot of sense. Um, Just before I played, I won't go on about it for ages, but I played Assassin's (laughs) Creed Odyssey, which is based in ancient Greece. And the history on that was particularly spot on. It was really, really good. It's set after the Peloponnesian War, it was set at a time of plague. This is one of the plague games I immersed myself in. It's one of the reasons why um, that actually the Athenian society, which was based much more on kind of peace and liberalism and intellectualism, ended up falling to Sparta, which is more warlike, because they were besieged and plagued all at the same time. They were besieged, they brought everyone into the city, they got ill, there was nowhere for them to go. So plague actually played a really important part in the what eventually became the downfall of the Greek civilization. So, yeah, a lot of their history is really spot on. Yeah, Just so uh, the listeners know, Tim is uh, a... Bonafide history buff, I think, is the technical. <laughs> <laughs> we always say he's our resident history expert or uh-huh. resident history consultant. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I think we were all saying on on that episode as well that a lot of the earlier Assassin's Creed games had more to work with in terms of dropping in history, whereas this Viking one set in what is called the Dark Ages had to kind of extrapolate from what was known a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it's literally called the Dark Ages because we just don't know that much about it. We have limited archaeological evidence and the written evidence we have tends to be sort of mythical sagas because the common person couldn't write or read. When like Monmouth, is that Geoffrey of Monmouth, like made up loads of Arthurian legends and stuff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then sort of, you know, long after that, you've got the Venerable Bede who decides to... um, (laughs) Sorry, <laughs> that's a personal backstory. The venerable bee takes all these pagan festivals that have come from all these different cultures that have come into England and makes them Christian. And all of a sudden, we get Christian England, and then we get like our set calendar. But we get all these weird celebrations like Halloween and Easter, which weren't Christian but now are. So yeah, yeah that's all happening around that time. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. No, no. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain okay. my laugh. So Tim and I used to be in a sketch comedy group. And uh, really, really where I started writing and, and getting into comedy was work, working with Tim. And we had various sketches that were rooted in folklore and mythology. And there was one about the Venerable Bede, hence I laughed because I haven't heard that for a while. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave you to fill in the gaps of what might have been funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, um, any other news, Ben? No, that's it. Uh, no, has anybody seen anything of note this week that you'd like to discuss? Drag Race Down Under. <laughs> that's 
all I've That's watched. a horror. Yeah, that's a horror. That's a horror show. Uh, not re- no, not really. I've just been playing Resident Evil all week. Yeah, same. Yeah, mostly what I've been doing as well. And I guess obviously we will speak about that in uh, great length on your podcast. Yeah. But but uh, one thing I've seen, so I saw Ben Wheatley's In the Earth this week. Uh, don't know if you guys have seen much oh. about that. It looks like a bit of a return to folk horror for him because the last few things he's made were free fire well he made rebecca um and he made high rise as well so he hasn't done folk horror probably since a field in england in 2013 i think that was the last mm-hmm. thing he did mm-hmm. um but yeah this it was a, it was a good film it was really trippy like psychedelic folk horror but i just feel like it, it, there was like a constant sense of dread throughout i won't sort of go into the story very much mm-hmm. But I just felt like the characters and the narrative just weren't that interesting. But there was a really, really good performance from Reese Shearsmith, um, uh, like a powerhouse of a performance. Uh, wow. For that reason alone, I would recommend it. But yeah, it, it looks amazing. Um, what is it available to watch on? So I have av- really heard much about it, to be honest. <clears throat> so it's available just on demand at the moment. So Yeah, so you, made saw- it, you made it in lockdown as a kind yeah. of extra yeah. project. Yeah, yeah so... So again, in in terms of like viruses and plagues, there's a deadly virus that's ravaged the world. It doesn't kind of mention that it's what the kind of virus it is, but we understand it's affected a lot of built up areas. And there's a a test site in the middle of the forest that some experts go out to uh, find out more about. And uh, I can't really say much more than that. But it sounds like it's more field in England and less. Less kill list. Less kill list. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Is it like a big ensemble cast like Happy New Year? Colin nope. Burstead, that kind of. I really like that one. Okay. Yeah, I really like that one. It was kind that's of unexpected one... for him, I thought. Yeah, I think that's the one Ben Wheatley film I've not seen. Uh, no, there's like four main actors. That's pretty much it. Mm. But yeah, okay. and he's making okay. the Meg Two next, I think. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, he's, he's supposed to make Tomb Raider 2, and then he got... Yeah. Uh, he, he's not doing any more, but apparently he's making the Meg 2. I feel like... He I wants should... to do a sequel, I think. <laughs> it seems that way. Oh. There we go. I go for never it, got round to seeing the Meg. I wanted to see it, because I kind of enjoy it. I have Jason's seen it. Fish-based action thriller. Not a fish. <laughs> Jason Statham definitely Isn't punches it? a shark. Huh? Meg. Yeah, but isn't that a fit? Isn't it a type of shark? Yeah. Don't, don't call me on my biology. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of a podcast. Quiet <laughs> talk. Trying to tell the... me some mammal or something. <laughs> 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 Apparently, though, the because I read a few things about after the first film, they were like, oh, it was a bit too much like a basic shark film. But mm. the books, apparently, I haven't read the book, but there's a series of books that go into quite a lot of detail justifying the biology of them, like why they've evolved the way they have and why they've stayed around the way they have. And so I thought, well, it's bound to be that whoever decides to go in for a second is going to want to dig into all that material, I reckon. So I think they'll try and take the second one more seriously, maybe. I want to see a a folk horror shark film. Oh, my God. I don't know what that is, to be honest. (laughs) I've just tried to picture it. That's why I want to see it. Can't get there, yeah. Wearing a garland made of ears. Yeah. <laughs> and pumpkins. I don't know. Well, you know, there are, there are a lot of like offshore um, 
uh, like not standing stones, but wooden wooden ones, wooden circles offshore. So you could use like the um, yeah, like off the east coast, off East Anglia, for example. There's lots oh. of these wooden circular structures which mm-hmm. are beneath the sea. Uh, well, in the sea, <laughs> beneath the land. So you could use that. You could do some sort of folk horror with those and sharks. Yeah. yeah. It's a great kind idea. of Wicker Man Meg film. Yeah. Sounds good. Wicker Man Meg film. Yeah. <laughs> Let's pitch it. Yeah. Let's pitch that shit. Uh, but that's it. I, uh, apart from that, I've just been playing Resident Evil. Um, yeah. So I haven't really watched anything else of note. Uh, Luke, did you want to? Do you want to say anything about Love, Death, and Robots? Yeah. I've, I've watched the first three episodes of Love, Death, and Robots. Have you guys ever watched Love, Death, and Robots? Do you know much about it? Never watched, heard of it. Yeah, I watched the first series. I haven't yet started the second series. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Um, uh, an animated anthology TV show. Uh, they they get loads of short stories from pretty well known horror and sci fi writers, and they give <laughs> a really good, really high production value uh, animation treatment. Uh, the first season, uh, I mean, anthology shows and and stories of, and books and stuff are always going to be. You're going to have stories you really like and stories you really don't like. Uh, but I think that the quality is genuinely consistently great, and this season seems to be just as good there was an episode i watched uh called pop squad uh which was like 10 minutes long and it was harrowing it was such a, a great short film um yeah I, I really i really like love death and robots it's uh it's one of the good things on tv i'm gonna make a start on it i think i love how each episode has got like a completely different animation style as well like that's yeah part, part of the draw produced by david fincher i think and tim miller oh, really? yeah Hmm, I should check it out. Sweet. Anything yeah. else from anybody? That's it. No, I don't think so. Now, just a certain film yeah, called... Other than... oh. A certain <laughs> film called <laughs> Doom. Doom! Oh my. Doom! Doom! Okay. Oh. okay, okay. So, Doom is a 2005 science fiction action horror film Directed by Andre Bartakwiak. It is loosely based on the video game series of the same name by id Software. However, the film adapts many elements of Doom 3. Really sorry for butchering the director's name. That is something I do a lot on this podcast. Uh, I'm very, very sorry. Um, <laughs> what's it about, Ben? What's it about? Don't ask me that. Okay, uh, so space marines are sent to investigate strange events at a research facility on Mars, but find themselves at the mercy of genetically enhanced killing machines. Cool. Uh, It's rated 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb. The Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics gave it 18%, and the user score is 34%. Letterboxd has it at 2 out of 5. Some choice Letterboxd reviews here. Waffling... Wafflang uh, in February of this year, but this movie sucks all balls. Five out of five masterpiece. Which side of the fence is this dude on? This is weird. This is kind of the theme. Goopley put awesome action movie, enticed me to the very end. Half a star. What? Frankie Waitman put this is a bad movie, however, I absolutely fucking love it. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh finally cav 31 put doo doo shit ass half a star 
so you could tell that he was going to go with it. <laughs> what? <laughs> do do shit ass. My favourite letterbox religion I saw, uh, religion, I've just given it away now. My oh, favourite letterbox review I saw was someone who said, Doom is my religion, five stars. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Jesus. What have you, what, how do you practice that religion? What do you worship? A picture of an horrible mutated Dwayne the Rock Johnson. With his tiny little weird teeth. He's got very small teeth when he when he, when he transforms. This like is tiny weird little teeth. To see the rock like that. Because this is like after WWE, yeah. after he was like really big in WWE, right? And before he became he like looks, the giant rock that we know now. I mean, he's huge and ser- and seriously ripped, but he looks absolutely minuscule compared to how he looks now. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. Well, Tim and I did a watch along yesterday, and I was like, Rock looks pretty. Fit actually, I think he's not like too like he looks pretty inflated now, and I know that's the aesthetic that he's mm, he's yeah. known for. But like he was, I also think he's like just generally physique. less vascular in this film, which yeah. gives you fewer reference points yeah. to the depth <laughs> depth and spatial kind of yeah, parameters yeah, yeah, yeah. that we're operating with. He's quite well, smooth. Less, less he's neck more, veins to work yeah. on. Yeah, he's more like a smooth <laughs> pebble than a yeah. cracking rock. Point, and I think it's like so he looks smaller. Yeah, he looks like a dolphin. It's it's weird because he's like <laughs> he's the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. He's yeah. one of the most charismatic people yeah. on the planet, and somehow they managed to make him quite boring in this film for most of it. I yeah. thought oh just a boring square by the book, <laughs> doing a got to do the mission. Oh, for God's sake! Why well, do I have to say this film did prove to me that he can act. Because even with what he's given in this film, I thought, like I thought he was a demon. Like, <laughs> I kind of buy his emotion, even though his emotion is just sort of like weird in places. Yeah, yeah. I sort of buy that he's thinking that. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I guess he can. It's act- worth, I guess it's worth discussing. What is everyone's history of with Doom games? Everybody a fan? Well, as an example, I could tell you that after watching the Doom film <laughs> and being thoroughly disappointed. I went and laid down in my bed and I replayed <laughs> all the levels from the first Doom game in my head because I knew them so well. And then oh, I went, yes. Nah. <laughs> that was a great way of spending your time. Yeah. So I know, yeah, I love Doom. Oh, I wow, you play Doom anywhere these days. Session, <laughs> yeah. Even in your head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, yeah, I know they did so say well. that in the 90s, didn't they? You could play it on, it's available on pretty much everything. On yeah, a fridge. It's now installed in my brain. I, th- I think one of the reasons why I love Doom so much, um, and not only because it was one of the few games that I actually had as a young PC owner um, in those days, it was that and Monkey Island on repeat. Um, but also, we had the oh, yes. ability to connect it to another computer and play person versus person mm. on all the Doom levels. So it benefited you to know all the levels really well so that you could play all the tricks. I think that's part of the reason why I know it so well and why I loved it so much. Yeah. So, um, how do you feel about the the recent remakes? Or yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm like a bit the opposite of Tim in that the early games, like I played them, but I wasn't a player of them. Like I've dipped, you know, I've had a go, but I wasn't. Those kind of games didn't really capture my imagination. Um, The newer games are really damn cool and the kind of bombardment of the senses the amazing use of music i think the use of music in the newer in annihilation in particular is just phenomenal yeah. like, rhythm of the game the way that the atmosphere builds with the with the 
kind of electro rock soundtrack is just awesome. And as I say, like even watching someone else play the bulk of that game was just really enjoyable. And watching streams of people play it was really enjoyable. Um, so that the later renditions appeal more to me in the kind of game I am. I think I love the later renditions mm. as well. I'm not. I'm not conflicted by my uh, enjoyment of the first one. I think it's a natural evolution. It's got, mm. it's still like just full of adrenaline and joy. They're just really fun. Like, although, although it gets the adrenaline pumping because there are constantly monsters coming at you and you have to keep moving, otherwise you die. I don't find it scary in the way I would some other horror games, for example. I just find it really fun. Yeah. So um, I, I love it. It's it is weird. The, the newer games are ridiculously over the top. They don't take themselves too seriously, <laughs> and and the lore that kind of goes alongside it, which was completely absent in this movie, the lore that goes alongside it is like so ridiculous. But you're just there. You just believe every single thing, and the fact that the Doomslayer doesn't talk, and you know, it just keeps getting more and more insane every single level. Mm-hmm. It feel you, you're just there for the ride. Whereas with yeah, unfortunately with this film, it was a bit like. Where's all the cool stuff? There's no cool stuff. Yeah, it's weird because no, most... Ben, that's not fair. Most... We get five minutes of cool stuff. Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah, okay. All right, there we go. Five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah, okay. It, it's weird because most, uh, most people think, oh, uh, I can't wait to see the movie version of, of whatever other media, if it was a comic book or a game. Of, I can't wait to see a movie version of that. But I kind of feel like, especially these recent Doom games, it's that's its perfect medium. There's no... It yeah. doesn't transpose to film very well unless the film is trying to recreate bits of the game. But I think from the very fact that anyone I know who's seen this film has all said it was only worth it for the first-person shooter moment. Oh, I, th- I think that says that actually there is room for a version that's that. I mean, we know we, we were talking earlier um, about Hardcore Henry. Yeah. About how you know if just about if, to say that yeah. if the Doom budget had been put yeah. behind something like Hardcore Henry and they labelled it as Doom, you know I I do think a film could work yeah. in that manner. I just don't think it's been done yet. Um, so I think there's still room for that to happen in Doom because everyone enjoyed that first person shooter yeah, moment. Yeah, amazing. And if you put yep. all the thoughts into it and say, well, how do we do that but sustain interest over an hour and a half? How do we get some sort of story in that without making it all exposition? I think it can work. Yeah, and also if they could just make it all in Unreal now, they could. They don't need to... Because I think that specific segment wasn't even directed by the director. The VFX supervisor <laughs> directed that entire that entire or the 10-minute segment or something. Um, but apparently it was, it was a lot of effort. But now I kind of feel like, just do it all in Unreal. It looks... Yeah. It looks just... The neat. other thing with the film was when the credits rolled, I was like, the credits are fucking amazing. Like, what, again, why weren't we seeing that? What, yeah, what happened? I think I literally went, are, turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> credits are a, a more heavily animated version of what you get in that five uh, minutes. Okay. So you're, uh, okay. you are the, the POV and you're moving through corridors and, like, w- you know, text smashing through. And I, love that se- I do love that segment. I did love it when the movie was released. But I feel like watching it now is a bit like it's aged a little bit. Maybe it's just because I played like the newer Doom movies where everything's like a thousand miles an hour. Even that section, maybe. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Undead guys and like two different demons. Whereas obviously in the new Doom movies, there's like dozens of ridiculously over the top terrifying demons. So I don't know. Mm. I felt like it was, it was held back a little bit maybe by that. Um, but yeah. It's still all right, I suppose. I was just going to say, in the credits, um, the names that pop up, they all get exploded, apart mm. from the people who survived the film. Oh, I didn't know that. Their that's names cool. Fun fact. Yeah, that's cool. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> so who we got in the film? We've got Carl Urban as John mm. Reaper Grimm. Um, John Reaper Grimm. Yeah, some wow. of the nicknames are Fresh off yeah. really cool. Fresh off the Rings at the time. Carl Evans great. I think he Fantastic. he kind of looks like Doom Guy to me. Like if they just kind of showed the bits that you already want to see. Uh, Dwayne Johnson as Asher Sarge Mahonin. Uh, we want to Rosamund Pike who uh, World's End. I, I didn't realize she. I didn't realize she was in it. I mean, I thought she was a a newer actress. If that makes sense. So I, I don't remember stuff from this long ago. I felt like World's End was the first time I saw her. Maybe Gone Girl. Well, and yet, she, Pike did a lot she, of theatre as well. And yet Science Woman was such a memorable part. Yeah. I don't know why you can't remember <laughs> her. Yeah. She's well, quite her memorable first, in this, when she screams like four times in a row. I mean, her first role like was in a Bond movie, wasn't it? the only non-man yeah. in the film for the mo- majority <laughs> of the film, and the only one wearing basically no clothes. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. skimpy. <laughs> Close. Hang on a minute, memorable. you forget those memorable roles of those four women who were accosted by that dude who said he was going to strip search them. You mean the, the crying and screaming women? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. they were memorable. <laughs> the horrible, creepy, <laughs> greasy hair. Oh, oh, no, sorry, yeah. I thought you meant the yeah. room where he went in and they were cowering with their children because that's what no. women do in this situation, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you meant They're those just, women. No, 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 no. No, the women with, like, clipboards and stuff to do. And he wanted yeah. to strip I just wanted to strip search. What was he thinking was going to happen? They were going to say, yeah, and he was just going to do it right then and there? What's wrong with him? And what did he say at the start? The whole discussion about 
um, the sort of crowbarred in masculinity of this film. Yeah, there was a hell of a lot of that. The banter was... It just, it was like so much. It was really weird because at the top of the film, I was like, well, this might be a bit homoerotic and I was quite up for that because they were all like in a kind of locker room and they were all like bros. I'm like, they all said, they all said at the start that they hadn't like, seen a woman for like six months um so clearly they're all pent up with (laughs) pent up with horrible greasy masculine rage you wouldn't want to go in that room because it would stink yeah i was more of the thing of like they're all in a locker room carl urban's there the rock's there surely someone's going to take their shirt off in a minute yeah i'm surprised that I saw more of Rosamund Pike's nips than I did of the rocks. Yeah, I mean, it's I thought just, surely the rocks going to get his nips out, it? but he didn't. He was no. he was topless in his first scene, but you only saw his back, unfortunately. Yeah, well, exactly. Quite yeah. teasing, isn't it? It's just unfair. Um, what a tease! <laughs> what a tease! He deserves all the strip searches he gets. That uh, the heavy testosterone stuff. I think. I understand what they were trying to do. They were trying to do like Predator, or they were trying to do one of those kind of. Yeah, but that's very films. that's very homoerotic because like I love Predator. It's one of my favourite films. So, like the opening scene, well, not the opening scene, but the scene where they're reunited, where Dutch and um, you sort of a bitch too. I mean, I yeah, know it quite well. <laughs> I mean, that is just that is just you know. They should have leaned that, into that more. I think. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought this might be at the top. I was like, let's do that. Like, let's see men like being powerful and like natural and like, i don't know like i just kind of thought they could lean into that and instead it they needed kind of weird forced thing in the dialogue yeah. mm. and it was only in the dialogue apart from that one man who two-thirds of the way through the film gave up and went really camp yeah 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 <laughs> the, the strip search guy we we were doing a watch along so i messaged him and was like well i see campus tits now yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the dialogue. All of a sudden, he just started like mincing. He just sort of like his words got really fey. He was like really scared and just got really camp. Yeah, he had a lisp. We didn't. (laughs) Was this the guy with the the drug dealer guy? No, Portman. Portman. The greasy, the guy that had all the dialogue about ship searching. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Towards the end, it was like it didn't make sense for his character. He was suddenly like, I don't think we should go in there. (laughs) (laughs) Like, guys, guys, I don't think we should go in there. Was was this before or after he got nearly sucked off down the hole? Remember that? Oh, well, we had thoughts about what should have happened in that that scene. We were convinced we were going to see a Ghoulies 2 moment. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Have you seen Ghoulies? Ghoulies, Ghoulies 2. I've never seen Ghoulies. Oh, okay. I'm like, too young for Ghoulies. Oh, my God. Okay, you're going to <laughs> Pretty sure I've seen Ghoulies. So, okay, up to this point. Oh, you have? Okay. Up to this point, we've seen lots of, like, projectile tongue flinging, right? We've seen... Ling- wait, wait, wait. Give it its proper name. Oh, lingua flingua. No. Tongue jacular. Tongue jacular. <laughs> so you see lots of tongue jacular coming at you, and they're all kind of, like, creeping around. You're like, all right, this is... <laughs> definitely an orifice at some point and then he goes and sits on makes a big deal of sitting on the toilet and there's noise coming through the pipes and you're yeah. right right the tongue is going to go through the pipes going to go up his bum yeah it's going to he did say he was taking a shit as well so he was definitely open yeah he's gonna get rimmed to death and so in in Ghoul- the film ghoulies 2 they're like they're sort of like knockoff yeah. gremlins type things yeah. and one Bug of them comes up through the toilet 
I mean, it's like the famous film from Goody's Tears. When it comes up to his yeah. wedding, it's the bum. So we thought that was going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yes, the but then he just like, oh, something's going on outside the toilet. Like, all of a sudden, it turns into a slasher film. Like, all of a sudden, it was Scream rather than, an, you know, like a creature horror film where it would definitely remuse to death. And he goes outside with his gun, and it's like, ah! You thought, well, that was very disappointing. Mm, what was that? Whole... Oh, he's sitting on the toilet. Why did we see that? Yeah. Like, there weren't many. It was the ratings, like not like score, but what was the? This didn't feel like an eighteen. Yeah, Fifteen, surely. It's got to be It's not on Letterboxd. What is the rating? How do you learn the rating? It feels. It feels like a fifteen because there, there are a few swears, aren't there? Maybe there was an alternate cut with a bum. Well, a actually, um, there's no blood. Is oh no, there is blood. No, yeah. there is blood. I lied. I lied. A there's a lot of organs getting removed from bodies. There's definitely blood. Yeah, there's no oh, like. Yeah. Act- Reading, though, is there? A lot of the deaths are kind of the same where a demon, well, they aren't really even demons, are they? That's one yeah, of there's, another. There's a thing with certification where if it's non human casualty, yeah. then it's like a lower grade. If it's not human blood, like if the blood is green, for example, then it's a lower grade. So there's, yeah. It is I, a 15. It's a 15. There you go. 15. Yeah, yeah. That's why. Yeah, because a lot yeah. of the deaths are just demons grabbing people and swinging them back and forth over and over again. That happened way too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of like, woo, woo, slam on the wall, slam There was a great moment, yeah. though, with the dude. Issue. Demons, right? So the yeah. first Doom game, they were demons from hell. Yeah. That was the law, right? And thereafter, they became Martians, essentially became an alien thing. Still with a lot of hell speak, mm-hmm. but it became an alien thing. In this film... We get neither demons nor aliens. They're mutated humans. And there's all this there's all this bullshit about extra chromosomes and a whole backstory about parents that never came into being. And you just go, hang on a minute. We had two options for what you could have been. You could have been a demon, you could have been a Martian. Instead, you're like a a roided up angry. I feel like I feel like they just shoved in the chromosomes thing that made some people superhuman and made other people demons just so they could do a superhuman Carl Urban versus demon rock fight. That was yeah. the only reason. The whole movie was a build-up uh, to that. It's also that classic sort of American action trope of good v. evil, isn't it? Like, you are the good and you are the evil, and it, it like underlined that and highlighted it and put a circle around it through the whole film. Go into that room yeah. and murder all those kids. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. You, you are. What? At that point, why is Rock? Is he? He's not already infected by that hates point. Kids hates kids. <laughs> no, it's just, just I mean, the, you know the underlying point is like he's inherently evil. That's like the whole game is like, oh, you're a good soul, you're a bad soul. <laughs> the whole yeah. movie, sorry. Yeah. It does uh, seem to escalate to that kind of evilness quite suddenly but yeah. it's like he's been holding his... it in for the... he's been holding it in for the whole film and he's gone oh i got to be evil now i just got to be evil kill a kid he'll turn kill the kid hit the nail on the head Luke, with with any character development with this film which is that they're all presented a certain way at the beginning and at some point in the film for no reason they most of them just have a weird character shift and it's yeah. like when did that happen it's like they're in a, an escape room environment and it brings out all the worst very, very quickly. Maybe We've that's, it. Maybe that's yeah. it. Um we did enjoy uh Dexter Fletcher. We did enjoy Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, it was great we're... watching him be in this film, 
knowing that he's just directed Rocket Man. Yeah, <laughs> I just watched that you know, last week as well. Right, yeah. You just wish you could reach into the screen and tell him it's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I love as well the fact that his character was named Pinky, and we're like, well, you're going to turn into the monster yeah. Pinky from the game then. Great, I look forward to that. Um, and, you know, and uh, the whole premise of if you're, if you're inherently evil, it's going to turn you into a monster. I'm not sure if they necessarily showed why pinky earned that yeah i think that's weird isn't well, he it did um he did run up to he was supposed to protect the ark they give him a load of grenades yeah. and a gun oh, and he then abandoned he, he abandoned his post yeah. i think that's a harsh judgment i think judging someone on their inherent fear reaction yeah. <laughs> is sort of he not quite the same as saying you're psychotic he and, did say yeah. i'm not a soldier about 15 times yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, and he, he had no ass. Diamond, he had yeah. no ass. His ass was in another universe. We have it's to remember like, what that. If, yeah. What if um, <laughs> Lady Scientist had said to The Rock, "It's your job to solve this chromosome issue. I'm going in there with a gun." And then, because he yeah. couldn't solve it, <laughs> he was deemed evil. evil. <laughs> you know, it's the same <laughs> thing. Come on now. Yeah. That's a great point. How does it yeah. start? How does it start? Where do we start with the movie, Luke? I don't know. <laughs> so it's 2026. Uh, and it's kind of in... gross that that's only a couple of years away. No, so that's 2026 is when they discovered the Ark, which was oh, in happen. the Nevada desert. Uh, uh, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's right. 20 years later uh, is when the movie is set. I missed all So for that 20 history. years, they haven't figured out what's going on with the Ark. They've just go been ahead. like, let's just use it. Um, but let's not forget that we have been discovering uh, monoliths, mysterious monoliths in the Nevada That's desert true. in the past couple of years. I mean, we know, spoiler, we know they're artists. Yeah. But still, like, imagine, it could be the Ark. We could be <laughs> and there. And there is a new Mars <laughs> rover that's just landed mm-hmm. quite recently as well. So mm-hmm, Exactly. Yeah, we so we're potentially not that far away from it. Yeah. Um, so as we get, like, a scene with all of the scientists running away Um pretty standard scene they're running from some we can't quite see it they all got um one lady puts her arm through a door at the wrong time if you ever trapped your finger in a door it's horrendous this is uh, an entire arm the whole start of this film reminds me so much of the first resident evil movie where uh scientists uh falling falling you know running away from something something terrible happens and a team Mm. of mercenaries go in um and it kind of feels like it builds to a similar sort of thing where someone who isn't superhuman at the start and is eventually going to become superhuman and define the movie and obviously with alice define the franchise mm-hmm. it just kind of felt kind of just felt like that i was getting it's only a few years later isn't it it's like was it three years after the first resident evil movie felt a bit like a carbon copy for me yeah, yeah. i didn't see that similarity but i know yeah i know what you mean sort of thematically it's that kind of shutdown of people getting on with their lives and the military have come in like heavy handed and it's like shutting doors on people and like, no, you can't come in. Yeah. Yeah. There's also that, like uh, the new metal music that kicks in that reminds me of Resident Evil (laughs) quite a bit. That was just of its time though, wasn't it? Any, any sort of horror movie between what 99 to maybe 2006 had like a drowning pool slash saliva slash uh, (laughs) one of those songs on the credits. One of those songs on the credits. Yeah. yeah. Marilyn Manson in Resident Evil as well. Oh, yeah. don't say his name. It's, yeah. it's weird in this film, the music, because I felt like until that action sequence towards the end, it didn't quite work. 
yeah, and it, it didn't feel it didn't feel mixed properly, did it? It felt like very backgroundy when it's like really imposing music. Like it's the kind of music you've got to have fully turned up, but it didn't feel mixed properly. I don't know if you guys found that. Well, I think yeah. the problem is when you think of that those segments now in the Doom game, that music yeah. is yeah. so good. Yeah. Like, maybe they should recut the film with Mick Gordon. Mick Gordon, yeah, yeah. get Mick Gordon. <laughs> yeah. The problem with that is that so much of the film was in almost complete darkness mm. and also Very stealth, stealth yeah. mode. Like they were creeping around slowly in the darkness. And look, if you've played any Doom game, you know that's death. Like you don't do that. You run yeah. full throttle at everything and keep firing. So it's like, well, that music is also built for that experience. Mm. It's like, keep going, keep fighting, adrenaline, adrenaline. If you put that against that film, it would look ridiculous because one of the big (laughs) problems they did was spend 90% of it in almost total darkness doing stealth moves. Mm. They needed to just be attacked, you know, straight away, know exactly what they were dealing with and then set themselves out for the rest of the film. Uh, But it felt like the majority of the movie was them kind of slowly discovering what was going on and what they were up against. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird that they made that choice, isn't it? Like, partly building what Tim's saying. This feels like it should have been a pressure cooker movie. It should have been... Like, a lot of the Doom games are either room-to-room dungeons or they're arenas. Like, everything happens in a space. You open a door, boom, bombardment. And this film, as you're saying, is like waiting for something to happen, trying to build suspense. But then in order to build suspense, they need to insert a bunch of narrative that doesn't really... Mm. Doesn't yeah. really work. Universe. No. The other thing no, no. about it being in, in, in like almost total darkness, I mean, you do see it often when directors are using um, practical effects rather than CGI to try and, you know, cover some sins. And maybe, you know, maybe those alien costumes, uh, sorry, mutant costumes, uh, weren't up to much. But then you remember, like that they cast Doug Jones to play a bunch of those mutants. Yeah. And you think I would recognize Doug Jones in yeah. almost everything mm. that was well lit. And I didn't recognize him in this film. Mm. How could they not use his uncanny talents of movement to show it off to its full effect? And they didn't. Yeah. I, I had no idea that Doug Jones was. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyone. He yeah. played a couple of the monsters. He, yeah, he was, uh, fully encased in in prosthetics and you know weirdly i'm still not entirely sure what the monster looks like like i feel like we saw it had lots of eyes at one point mm. yeah eyes open up, and then i don't think we ever got any i think completely day, like, lit shots. the law that they choose to go chose to go with they all look different because they were at different stages of the mutation yeah so mm. i think that's another reason why a lot of horrors is when you, when you, even if you don't fully see your enemy, you know what the threat of your enemy is. It makes the horror really effective. Whereas with this, they were all different stages of transformation. It, it was kind of like you couldn't quite grasp what the enemy was. Yeah. So, yeah. So you didn't ever really mm. see the monster because they were <coughs> different versions of this mutation. Also, everyone like, is is quite obvious that there are like dead people mutating and turning into these these things it everyone seems to be very slow to pick that up especially the rock like obviously that's what's happening uh, <laughs> i feel like the characters needed to pick up on it a bit quicker and yeah. a bit frustrating yeah the dialogue as well there are bits where they'd say to rosamund pike 
what's happening and she'd just have to go I, I'm just freezing my face to camera because that's basically what she did for half the film is like <laughs> but also like they know what their mission is like why did why did, why are the marines even interested in in sort of the science behind what's happening no, it's almost like they should just be well this is our mission we know what we need to do even at a point where there's a countdown and there's always a countdown there's a countdown at the end of this movie and Carl Urban's character is like right we gotta get out of it she's just explaining something like well, give me 10 seconds and she goes on and on explaining what's happening and he's even interested seconds. i'm just like yeah. no get just get out of it tell me on the way tell me on the way tell your story walking <laughs> come on yeah we did discuss yeah. how poorly trained they were considering how many times they told us they were military professionals and yet they exhibited almost none of that um <laughs> We were like, I think the lady doth protest too much. Um, <laughs> telling me you're a trained military person, but I'm not seeing it, honey. It's not coming through. Yeah, it was. It was, well, it was the kid's first mission, you know. Is this the first mission? I was amazed the kid lasted as long yeah. as he did. I thought he was gonna like fall in pills instantly. Yeah, early on, I was like, filler queen. He's out straight away. Mm. <laughs> You could tell Carl Urban had lots of military training because when he went through doors, he moved his gun very quickly. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. He was like moving around. That's what he wasn't even looking. Training. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually know. <laughs> so there's yeah. like, so obviously. I want to go back eight, and look at that now. There's eight Marines in total. We've got Sarge, Duke, Goat. Which one's Goat? Goat was the um, the English actor, although well, half of him were English. Um, the blonde, slightly older one, who said yeah. he was the one who said he'd yes. been in so prison he, before. He was the, the religious exorcist. one, right? Yeah. Because this yeah, is the, the whole the whole riff. I think on the Doom game was that when you encounter shrines, they're satanic and they have you know goats and pentagrams and all that sort of stuff. And he was the one who was like carving crosses into himself. So I think that was meant to be the sort of satanic versus religious metaphor for the game. It just felt like a yeah. very messed up sort of space horror that seemed to draw on everything apart from Doom. It reminded me of uh, Event oh. Horizon, reminded me of the Resident Evil movie. No. Well, no, no, reminded me in terms of the lore that they were trying to, you know, with the with the satanic stuff. Um, oh, okay. Reminded me, not saying it's anywhere near as good as that movie. That's not what I'm saying. I'm definitely not saying <laughs> it, it made It made me... <laughs> <laughs> it, made me, it made me think about those films rather than anything to do with Doom. I didn't yeah. once go, this feels so Doom. I kind of was just thinking it just feels like a half-baked sort of space horror. Paul W.S. Anderson made Event Horizon, right? He's a Resident Evil guy as well. Yeah. Maybe that's what you're picking up on. I, d I definitely got that vibe. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. There was a bit of that vibe, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the guy who plays Goat is Ben Daniels. He is in the exorcist tv series isn't he as the uh yeah yeah that's right. the not one of the exorcists yeah he's not damien Karras, is he? he's just uh no, one no. of the one of the priests uh oh yeah because it takes place obviously after that um yeah so he was like yeah drawing on he's that religious of, stuff. Um, like rosamund pike he's got a, a background of being in a lot of period dramas mm -hmm. so i'd not seen him in anything action so it was quite surprising to see him I saw I saw the Exorcist series, series the two series before it got cancelled. I really liked them. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. I've not seen. I it. I liked the first series. I didn't see the second series, but I liked the first series. But I, d I don't know how I felt about Gina Davis in it. it. Felt like she was kind of sleepwalking through it all. Oh, like, is she all right? Yeah. Just, 
I think maybe just on a camp level, I enjoy Gina Davis too much. So Gina if there was anything wrong with it, I didn't see it. But I I love the storytelling <laughs> of the series. I mean, I don't want to give too much away, but I think the reveal at the end was great. Yeah. In the second series, Ben Daniels gets some man on man. So I, oh, I enjoyed both series. <laughs> he does. It's a different yeah. like main character in the second series, though, right? Am I correct? Um, he, uh, he sort of. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> That's what I aim for. It's one of those ones back. that's like yeah. it's. We're continuing with a different story, but also sort of not. Okay. Okay. So there are is, there are some still some same people in it, and it got cancelled as well. Oh. Yeah, shame. That's a shame. There That's you go. A shame. Uh, do, you guys, do you guys know that we were robbed of the opportunity to see Arnold Schwarzenegger as? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he would have been pretty good. Mm. I'd love to have seen that film, but uh, what, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doom Guy. What? They were making. Uh, like, they they yeah. first they first tried to make it. Well, they first said they were going to make a Doom film in like 1994 95. Um, and Arnie was tapped for it. Um, was up for it, and they they were sort of you know they I think they did a few test shots and stuff. There were rumours that he'd wielded a chainsaw. Um, oh God, that would be amazing. Yeah, but a few things happened around that time that kind of um, put a halt to production. One was the Columbine shooting, and they were like anything that involves violence has to be put on hold for a while. But then there was another really specific incident where two kids were playing with chainsaws to recreate Zoom, and one of them oh. got maimed. Jesus. So they were like, well, we definitely can't have any chainsaws in the film if we do make it. And by that point, Arnie had kind of pulled out and then it went on to, went like between production companies until we ended mm. up with what we ended up with. <laughs> yeah. But they did have a chainsaw and I'm very happy. They did have a chainsaw moment, nonetheless. Yeah. I think um, I, I would like to see Arnie, but I've got, I, I like Carlo. I think Carlo was a little bit too green. Maybe if they did a couple of sequels, like now he's a bit... Cause, you know, in the Ghost Dread film, Carl Urban is like perfect as the sort of grimacing yeah. face. I, I, I just want can... more Batista in everything, I think. As much yeah. Batista as we can get in everything. Yes. Yes, really. <laughs> no, I like all uh, the things he's been in. I just, yeah, I can't yeah. see him as the guy, but... I don't know. Well, I think he pitched like a Gears of War movie, and I've seen some like mock-ups of... Yeah, because like he writes as well. A guy yeah. that I worked with on Gangs yeah. of London was like co-writing something with him, one of the stunt guys. Oh um, it's great because he has that Unreal Engine body. Like, uh, <laughs> he looks like a character from Unreal Tournament. Yeah, I think he'd be a good, yeah. I just love a yeah. bit, love, love me a bit of Dave. So, I mean, uh, just looking through the, uh, the plot a bit more here. So, is, was there any points other than the first-person shooter part that you guys really really enjoyed I thought they were going <laughs> to uh, <laughs> I thought they were going to make more of that like weird door wall thing no no I thought, oh, we're going to get loads of stuff up over that no no door it I thought we were going to get limbs coming off KY jelly every time <laughs> it sounds <sort of> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean the plot on that Tim the plot was weak as piss, pretty much, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah. There wasn't. There was a lot of just running around in dark corridors, kind of like like I'm like, what is the point of all this? What is the end goal? What are you yeah. trying to achieve, lads? 
I mean, I'm I got quite confused at the end the tongues well. as well. Yeah, like, I can't jacular. think of any other instance in which I've seen so much tongue jacular. <laughs> at least, like, that was different, and it did yeah. make me laugh. So I enjoyed. <laughs> it was really if I was going to say one other thing other than the first person shooter sequence, it would be the tongue jacular. Although yeah. we did discuss that that was biologically a really oh yeah, I mean like yeah, if we're talking about like enhancing your body and your biology, that makes no sense. Like, <laughs> why would you just lose your tongue at any given moment? I mean, yeah, losing your penis after having sex it still takes energy. <laughs> like, it's not that efficient. Yeah, I mean, what's interesting about the film, like, at the beginning, like, we were discussing this beforehand as well, the first act, I was like, oh, okay, it seems like it's going to be kind of stupid, but at the same time, I felt like they were treating us, the audience, with a bit of intelligence. Like, the first act didn't really give us too much exposition. It was like, we're going in, this is the thing. And I was like, wicked. A lot of the exposition was visual. There was a couple of, like, very brief moments of dialogue but it wasn't in your face and then weirdly in like the second and third and fourth act they just added more and more and more exposition and I was like by the end there was more exposition than there was at the beginning and I was like that is a really weird story choice in terms of creating a script it's like yeah trust the audience at the beginning go in there less lose your trust exactly <laughs> and it, it kind of reeks of test screenings and yeah, like yeah Scenes be I don't know if you felt that Luke as well, like as someone who's very script nerdy. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um it's uh, I think it got quite confusing towards the end when people went back down to earth. I don't did they even explain what was happening there? My fiance was watching it and she didn't know that they were back I on it. I think they were trying to just make out that, that that one of the I guess the Hell Knight had somehow made it back to Earth and in that instance killed everyone slash infected loads of people. Um but yeah, I mean, the exposition was super heavy and none of it was particularly interesting either. It was a bit like, if they were, you know, if we got some of the Hellgate stuff and other things like that, it would have been, yeah. Essentially, it was a, it was a quarantine film. So mm. the, you know, the main crux of, of, <laughs> of the film at the end was, shall we all sit in quarantine until we figure out who's evil or should we just let the rock shoot everyone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. a year of that you've got any reflections but essentially what i'm saying is doom is a film for our times yeah. <laughs> there we go um i suppose we should mention there is a like a wrestling match at the end where the, uh, the rock turns into full uh yeah. creature man i don't know i don't know what he is so you can tell when people have been infected as well because they've got a wound on their neck uh that's what you gotta look for to see if there's anyone's been infected and so what happens then Carl Urban gets infected but it kind of makes him superhuman instead yeah, of infecting him not in, he's not infected though is he it's like slightly different because it's it's administered direct so he's got the clean 24th uh, chromosome injected directly clean like, chromosome give me that clean give me that clean chromosome yeah I don't know if you know this but that's <laughs> You should have been listening more closely to Science Woman. This is how DNA works. If I inject you with a DNA, you get an extra one. Uh, so, he, so that's how so he got the clean. Rock didn't. Uh, also, he's a bit naughty because he was like, let's kill people. Let's not uh, Let's not adhere to quarantines, what he was saying. A bit he was naughty. Like, let's not do quarantine. I want to break the rules. cheeky mass murder. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why that's where we got into that, that point. 
Uh, and then it ends with Carl Urban sending the rock back through the arc, back to Mars, and he throws a grenade. After some him. of their some of their fight sequence is quite cool. I like the bit with the uh, sort of metal wrap around his arm, and then he makes a horrible spike thing that goes through Carl, Carl Urban's hand. That's nice. Yeah, like... We were watching it, and I said the only thing that's missing from this fight is for him to turn it into a hand spike, and then it happened. <laughs> so... I was very Before pleased. Before that, that, I was like, why isn't there a chainsaw? And then suddenly there was yeah, a chainsaw. Yeah. And then so they did They did start. anticipate yeah. our last nerve, I will say, with the film. <laughs> and gave us what we wanted. But yeah, the hand spike punch-up was quite good. That whole yeah. sequence was so enjoyable. And I think the fight direction in that section was really good. Um, you know, so kudos to, to the fight coordinators and stuff in that last section because it was really good. It was really enjoyable and it was well shot. And the same with the same with the first person shooter section. Like it was really well um, mapped and blocked and it just worked and paced really well. The music was awesome. It's just everything else. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose we're, we're congratulating everyone on the film apart from Andre Bartkoviak. Yeah, I just wanted know, to say directly done. properly before the that's end. A mu- that's, a, that's, a, that's a much better uh, <laughs> pronunciation of that just name. Just waiting for an opportunity to say his name properly. You can you say it? Can you say it again clearly? Because I'll usually add this to the highlights reel as well. So say it again clearly, and I'll chuck you in there. Andre Bodkoviak. Very nice. So he's going to use your version there over his own pronouncing. <laughs> yeah. And people will be like, and people will be like, people will be like, why have Ben pronounced that absolutely spot on? And his voice changed. And I'd be like, and he does a great impression changed. of Tim. He suddenly had a beautiful booming bass, a bass to his voice. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what did you guys like about the film? You've asked us like what we liked about the film. What was your kind of biggest wow. positive? I've got to say, I don't know what it is, but this year I've really actually been quite enjoying really dumb action films. Like Godzilla vs. Kong, I watched that twice and I'd watch it happily again tomorrow. Just because, I don't know why, <laughs> I'm just really into that at the minute. Um, <laughs> so this, I actually, although it was kind of it was kind of lame and kind of stupid, I was quite pleasantly just watching, uh, watching it and just enjoying the nonsense. Um. But yeah, the, the first person shoot scene was was pretty great. I think that's like the only actual actual great moment in it. Yeah, I yeah. I remember definitely enjoying this film around about the time it came out. Um, but yeah, for some reason this time around, and I mean I love big dumb action movies as well. Um, I loved Godzilla versus Kong, and uh, I love Mortal Kombat, Luke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a fan of that one. I haven't seen uh, the new one yet. No. Yeah, but that felt like it was big, dumb fun. But for some reason with this movie, maybe it's because um, I've played both of the new newer games fairly recently and I've really enjoyed pretty much every element of those. It just felt like this was such a sort of a poor version of that. And it just mm. all a lot of the lore was, as I said before, completely absent. And the fact that it couldn't quite decide whether it was demons, aliens, some sort of weird infection thing just kind of frustrated yeah. me to, to a bit i wanted it to have more direction more purpose so yeah i was a bit disappointed this time yeah. right well if you um if you were gonna remake the film yourselves like what would you what would you i think you've already hit the nail on the head the hardcore henry uh yeah. thing yeah. Is, is the way yeah. to go hardcore henry you get mick gordon to do to do the score 
without a yeah. doubt. Like the music is such a the music is such a huge part of the games now. It's almost a character itself. But you would yeah. just have to, <laughs> you would have to have that in there. And Hardcore Henry, one hundred percent. Yeah, you'd have like giant um, kaiju-sized monsters in the background doing their yes. Thing. Yeah, you'd, you'd have no dialogue apart from like, oh, maybe what's the character who's always in your, always in your ear in the new one? Um, you'd have no dialogue apart from yeah, that, yeah. and that was it. It'd just be a constant action scene after action scene, maybe like brief bit of exposition, but not much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the film uh, ends with um, them going to the surface of it, and then the cool credits roll. Um, we've got a little game. For you guys to play <laughs> called the name game i don't know if you ever played it before it's quite technical i've listened yeah. to other people play it i'm okay. very confused by it but i'm sure tim <laughs> would be good at it i feel like, yeah, no, guys, I feel like you guys are gonna nail it I'm yeah you're gonna nail let's it see, let's see so i'm gonna yeah. uh, explain a film that i watched recently it's very simple to do and you have to tell me what the film was called and then the name of this film will rhyme with doom You'll, you'll get it. Okay. So this film I watched the other day, it was about those space marines are sent to investigate some strange events uh, on a research facility on Mars but find themselves at the mercy of a genetically enhanced actor called Orlando. Do you know what that film's called? Bloom. There you go. The other <laughs> one I watched was about space marines sent to investigate strange events on Mars. Um, also, the movie takes place entirely in a video call on a laptop screen. Zoom. Well done. Uh, space Marines sent to investigate strange events at a research facility on Mars, but they travel to Mars on a space plane, and it's not very roomy. Not very roomy. No. A broom? That's not what I was <laughs> All I had was womb. <laughs> you have to be a baby to get in one. But... You're using too much Terry Pratchett. I'm just right. thinking of witches flying around on brooms. Um, it's not very okay. Um, tomb. Tomb. Well, it's, that would be better. It's not that. It's uh, um, I. It's it's leg room, so it's not quite a rhyme. This next one isn't a rhyme either, but you, you'll get it. Space Marines sent to investigate strange events uh, on Mars but find themselves at the mercy of a man trying to sell them really dodgy band t-shirts. Fruit of the Loom. Fruit of the Loom. The Loom! Uh, yes, of course. And the last one, about space marines sent to investigate strange events on Mars, but find themselves making asses out of you and me. Assume. Hey, there you go. Well done. Five out of five. Well done. <laughs> I I feel, I feel, oh, the I've points. got one. I've got one, Luke. Go on. Go okay, so a team of, of space marines are sent to Mars, but instead of uh, rifles and grenades and everything like that, the only weapons they've got are devices used to weave cloth and tapestry. Loom! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I like the way they said that. You kind of harmonised that. How about a, a team that are supposed to go on a mission to Mars, but instead they fuck it and go to an Indian restaurant? That you have to queue up for because you're not allowed to book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Why, why, why have I got nothing? Why have I literally Shoot. got nothing? Oh, oh god! <laughs> this is why I don't live in London. This is why we're siblings. That might be the <laughs> reason. Just, just don't live in London. That's it. Um, 
Well done. Okay, so we need to rate the film between like A and F. I think I know what I'm going to go with, but I'm quite you curious. Should, yeah, like, like yeah but that's the way we tend to do it. Okay. <laughs> um, what do you think you guys are going to go for? Um, what's the one above it? I'm really bad at the alphabet. E for X. <laughs> I'm actually um, really bad at alphabet. Yeah, oh, e- I was I was thinking that as well. E for excruciating. Um, no, look, okay, you've got to. The thing is, you've got to rate the film that they made rather than the film you wanted to see. Yeah, it's the principle of critiquing, right? Point. I obviously want to see a different film. I've been I've told doing you. it wrong this whole time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to kind of go. Well, what were they trying to make, and how do I rate that? The problem is, I don't think they knew what they were trying to make <laughs> <laughs> because it kept changing um, all the time. So that does drag the scores down. There was a good thing in it, one good thing in it, I think, um, that they should have clung to. It was otherwise a mess. So, yeah, I'm going to go for an E. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for an E+. plus Because right. that, that good bit of that film... I'd go back and rewatch that again and again because I enjoyed that so much. But the rest of it, no. So E, yeah. so e, e plus. Ben, yeah. what are you going to go for? Um, yeah. yeah. You look genuinely so, pained, Ben. Yeah. There was a cool <laughs> moment in this film. I just remembered another cool moment, though. Do you remember when a guy ripped his ear off? That happened. Uh, and one of the Marines went, <laughs> cool. That's all, that's one bit I kind of remember quite well. <laughs> so uh, that was quite fun. I had a little chuckle at that. So for that reason, I think I'm just going to go for a D minus because, yeah, I think so, I'm going to give it. I'm not going to go as low as an E because, yeah, the rock was all so, right, I suppose. Tiny baby rock. E E plus D minus. I'm going to straight D D for doom. Straight with a D. Right. Yeah. I thought it was fine. I am. Um, I'm not going to watch it again, I don't think. But it was fine. This is definitely the kind of film that I forget about. And then when it pops up on Film yeah. 4 or the horror channel, like in six months, I will just sit down and watch it again. And then I'm disappointed all over. <laughs> well, yeah, because we couldn't think of a film to do that was like, okay. But then on after you suggested it, then I was like, oh, we could have done this film, we could have done that film. Like, yeah. But, well, but what other but video game films? Well, no, I'm thinking films. of films with games in, like not video games. Like I suddenly was like, oh, there was this oh. film called Fright Fest where they were playing a game of that game. Yeah. yeah. Um, even things like that Michael Douglas film, which was kind the of game. psychological thriller, The Game, which yeah. is kind of a bit, it's not horror, but it's not nice, is it? It's, it definitely no. leaves you feeling really uneasy. Yeah. But like stuff like that started occurring to me where I was like, oh, maybe that. Does anything beat the original Jumanji? Yeah, well, Jumanji. The scene with the the, the giant um, mosquitoes—that is horror. Yeah, we—it's a point of contention on this on this podcast. What is horror? Like we've mm. done an episode on Congo, and for a I long, think, long I time, think Congo is horror. for a long, yeah. long time, I was convinced it wasn't horror. But then I just gave in, and we ended up doing it. But yeah, no, I feel like it's cre- it's creature horror, isn't it? In that sense, it's got the the violence. It's it's born of the horror genre, I would say. Yeah, mm. and we. Think- we did discuss. We did think about doing house, the House of the Dead movie, but we've done a Uwe Boll movie. I, I don't on, think I could do an Uwe Boll movie. And <laughs> it's just not. It's so bad that like it's not even fun to. It's not even fun to take apart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. 
The other one I thought, which might have been fun, just because there's murder is definitely not horror, was Clue. And I was like, oh, mm. we could have done Clue, actually. Do you know what, actually, do you know what my favourite horror film that's a game that I've seen recently, like the past two or three years, is Ready or Not? you seen uh, that? Uh, I yeah. think we did an episode on it. We've done game, an episode on that, yeah. There you go. Game, I really liked it. It's a game of hide and seek in, oh, a, in a like country estate, essentially. Oh, but it's done as a sort of a slasher movie as well. Oh, kind Samara of Weaving as well. It's like really yeah. good as the... She's great, isn't she? She's just yeah. got such a good face for horror. Yeah. Not, I don't mean like she's, she's horrific. Well. <laughs> no, no, no. She's got, a good, she's got a good face for horror because she can, she can go from like looking terrified to angry to doing something comedic really quickly. So you don't sort and of get bored with the tension. Absolutely badass, soaked in blood, uh, lighting yeah. up a cigarette. Exactly. Yeah, I'll say that. That's a good look. <laughs> yeah. Um, she is um, Hugo Weaving's like niece, I think, right? Or something like that. Huh? Oh, they related? I didn't realise that. They've got, they've got the same face. Like, if you look at them now, you'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, now you've said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, she's got a horror name, Samara. Yeah. For the uh... ring. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Um, is there any, so where we send people? <laughs> that was that was not a good if back to end on, was it? But like, can we can we end on an earlier fact? <laughs> like, yeah, great, so yeah, great. Great. Has, good one. He has got a common name. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, where should we send people for the my turn pod? So we are my turn with an exclamation mark is what you want to search for on any platform that you get your pods on. So my turn exclamation mark is the podcast. And as we said, we talk about games across all genres and platforms and we're really accessible and fun. And it's the kind of thing that a casual gamer would enjoy rather than a kind of games journalist. (laughs) Um, We hope it's fun. We're also um, available, like you can find us on Twitter at MyTurnPod and on Instagram at MyTurnPod. You can also find me, uh, Gem Carmella, on Twitter and Instagram. And Erin is on Twitter and Instagram. Erin Marmot, music producer. And Tim is not on social media. I'm a ghost. I don't exist. Try and find (laughs) me. You won't find me. I'm not there. Right there. <laughs> You're right there. I can see it right there, mate. Known for people who like booze. You want to tell them about that? Oh yeah, that's true. I'll give you a bonus plug. Um, if you enjoyed the history bit <laughs> of my waffle and you didn't cut it from the edit, um, then I do <laughs> do a podcast about um, the social history of drinking, um, various beverages and drinking traditions and geographies and stuff. It is not a review of beers I like. I promise. There's no tasting notes. We tell you that. It's good fun. Um, it's called, it, unfortunately, it's called Thinking Drinking, which is the most generic name possible for a drinking podcast. So good luck finding it. If you search my name, Tim McAvoy, you'll find it. Um, but otherwise, you might have a hard time. I shouldn't have named it that. It was a really bad decision. <laughs> um, so I have, uh, I have that one. If you want to hear more about the history of various boozes and boozing traditions. I like that you named the podcast out because when people are trying to find you, oh, it's not on social media. Search for his podcast. Which one? I can't find it. <laughs> if you want my kind of quality content, you have to earn it. 
<laughs> you have to really know how to use a search engine. Whereas my turn is pretty easy to find. My turn, <laughs> exclamation mark, you'll see a little green logo with a games controller. That's us. Yeah. Like I said, it's a great like um, And we're going to be on it. Later hey! on. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Um, so, so, it will be. It's so sad. So, well, sad like maybe. Well, yeah, we'll see. Just reading this thing um okay so thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver thanks to kovac cowman for our theme music thanks to acast for hosting the show thanks to the listeners come and join the facebook group horror hangout board advisors um thanks to my co-host ben but also a massive thanks to our guests thanks very much for coming on thank you thank you thank you so much Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.